Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is Supporting CEO Agenda as a CIO. So what are we talking here? So today's CEO wants to drive growth and they want to use digital innovation for that, which have like practical applications, not digital for the sake of digital and are, which are like relevant to market conditions and customer preferences. And they should also drive significant positive ROI because that's the CEO's job. But then are the CIOs able to catch up with the speed at which CEOs want to run? Are they able to support the CEO agenda so that whatever they are setting out to do, that is actually happening and not just play a supporting role as a CIO, but in fact, in wherever possible, lead the chart so that they help CEO get to where they want to. So to discuss this, we have Stuart Virel, Chief Data and Information Officer for EasyJet, and Minori Hara, is the CIO of Centen Pharmaceuticals. Hey, Stuart, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Beautiful. And Minori, how's life? Hi, hello, Sanjo. Nice to see you again. Thanks for having me in the show. And also, hello, Stuart. It's a great pleasure to have the opportunity to discuss this interesting topic with you today. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So, so let's start with you, Stuart. So now when we look at uh, what has happened with our business climate, you know, we saw... Uh, pandemic, we saw geopolitical issues, you name it, we keep seeing these shocks is what I like to call them. So the, the, the thought here is about CEOs and how they're looking at their businesses and the environment around them. And what are they taking their role as? Are they saying, I'm going to look at these shocks, I will try to insulate uh, the business from these shocks or create shock absorbers so that we can continue our operations and or in a more progressive manner, even ride those shocks, the spikes, and actually convert them into an opportunity. What's the outlook at the business and this EO level? What are you seeing? Um, what am I seeing? I, it's a combination of all of those. Um, there is no one thing, there is no one role or one approach. Um, when we went into the pandemic, um, it was about survival. I mean, the airline industry obviously shut down pretty dramatic. Uh, stuff as in a lot of industries were in a similar boat. Um, but we've used it as an opportunity to restructure, reorganize, um, re I guess take out some of the structural inhibitors that we had and build something that coming out of the pandemic gives us growth. You know, so yes, we had to insulate, uh, we had to build buffer and keep the operation rolling. But also, we've invested to make sure we have a platform that can really take advantage of the environment coming out of the pandemic, because it's a very different world. The aviation industry is a very different place, and um, and that was obvious. For, it was going to be like that from the start. So, right, how do we position ourselves um, has been a really big piece of the agenda. Uh, so it's, it's all of those, I think, is the, uh, the simple answer. Um, but it's actually complex. How do you balance all of these elements? So Minori, when you look at your organization, so EasyJet, a different business in yours is a pharmaceutical business. It's regulated. 
it in fact might have seen a spike because of pandemic because you might be selling more and that's what i'm thinking that may be happening but then different dynamics in terms of business what happened in your context or in the farmers context yeah thanks sanjo i also um, agree with stuart that um, it it's a um, mix of um, um, different things and even in in our industry even before the pandemic the industry structure has already been changing you know um in pharmaceutical it's not no longer a traditional you know pharma industry and we have a lot of um, um new players in the market you know uh, which is outside of the healthcare um industry like a new tech companies or any service industries which are sort of you know coming into the the industry to support uh, the satisfy the, the the new user needs you know the u- new users are these days um asking for more personalized uh, services etc and then in between while the industry structures are changing pandemic actually happened and this was a, actually an interesting uh, interesting um um combination because while many um companies within the pharma are trying to um um reinvent their um uh, systems to adjust to the industry structure changes pandemic happened so um some companies were able to accelerate those innovations trying to react to pandemic situation but also are going beyond that and some uh, some companies are struggling so those are the situation that ceo uh, definitely need to um uh, take responsibility to um drive the drive the company to move forward and that's the kind of you know environment that we are talking about today so while uh you know it's like changing the tires of a moving car or i could use other ways of explaining or expressing uh the concept of us not being out of the woods yet disruptions are still happening we cannot say that is behind us but then at the same time we cannot always be you know uh, hunkering down we should not always be overly cautious because these things are going to happen we have to almost build a muscle so are we always or we are continuing to be in that risk prevention mode and and not getting to our full potential or has that started that spirit has come in into the whole organization starting from the ceo that hey these things are going to happen regardless can we just get back to business as usual or can we get back to our innovation uh, bandwagon so stuart when you look at uh, in, in your business which is very much connected to uh, the way people coming out and and going places what is the mindset uh, the mindset is let's get out there and uh, fly let's get people confident enough to fly get governments confident enough to open up restrictions get rid of restrictions and let us let the the public uh, and the consumer get on with it and i think from an internal perspective um the risk averse hunkering that that's gone we are now in full force how do we get that growth back how do we grab the market share uh, the, the 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 market has changed the structure has changed um and i think that gives us really good opportunities the, i mean uh, as the previous uh, the, some of the conversation the industry was changing before uh the pandemic came along 
And as Minori said, it's how do we get that? How do we achieve the, the growth, get the ROI? How do we get back up there? That is where we are. So we are investing big time um, in the internal capability. And it's not just to go and do a thing. One of the key bits, and again, as you talked about shocks, and the airline industry is pretty used to shocks. I mean, every few years, there's something comes along that derails us. So what you have to build is flexibility. You know whatever you build is going to have to change in a couple of years' time, or the business will change, the, the consumer or the preference or the way you price or the way whatever you sell is going to change. And so you have to build in not the most, I guess, engineeringly efficient, highly automated process. You have to build systems and processes that can adapt. And that's that innovative mindset that you talked about, that you build something that you know is good enough today, but actually you're going to have to change it tomorrow. And get it, getting people into that uh, approach and that attitude, the technology is easy. You know, we, we can go and put the technology in relatively quickly, relatively simply. How do you get people around the business, this isn't just IT, to come with you to own that technology, own the process, own the capability and the engagement with the customer? Um, is that, that's a really big challenge in this, this whole thing is changing mindsets not just the tech or just in your immediate department. We are leading a huge amount of change right across the organization, every department, every function, and changing how we engage with the customer. So, so Stuart, when you, when you say that, you know, you guys are going all out and you've started working on the latest and greatest and saying we're going to keep moving forward and knowing that there will be some changes coming. So are you kind of almost creating a budget of throwaway technology and throwaway uh, money, which will be or our play money, which you are going to do, which you're going to invest into these newer capabilities, only to know that you might have to pivot again if another disruption comes over. Um, I, no, I think calling it throwaway money is the wrong mindset. What you're doing, you're building platforms which can adapt and change and evolve. Okay. So you change your processes, change your workflow, change what are you presenting to the customer, what, what's your offering? How do you change your uh, your pricing? I mean, if you look at the aviation industry, we used to bundle everything together and you got one price and that was it. And you bought a coffee or a beer on, on the board. Now you buy your ticket, then you buy your bags, then you buy premium boarding. then you, And so we've, we've deconstructed, and this is all in the last few years. So how you go to market has to change. That's what I mean. You don't do, you do not build throw away money, that gets uh, people like Minori and the chief execs really upset <laughs> to <laughs> a finance director and say, I, w I want to uh, have a budget that I can throw away. That's not a good conversation to be had. What you do is you have a budget to go and build. You, you don't just build a system to do a single job. You do a build a system as a platform for evolution, for growth and change. And that's choosing partners and choosing systems that have that adaptability. Um, so it's not, it's a, it's, we used to buy something to do our job today and for the next 10 years, we'd expect it to be that same job. And we all know the big ERPs, et cetera, historical. That world has shifted. You cannot put something in to do the same job for the next 10 years. It doesn't work like that these days. You have to think it has to adapt. It has to grow. It has to flex with the industry, with the business, with the opportunities you want to go and create and create opportunities 
to give to the chief exec to go and think, oh, I can go make money from this. Yeah, and, and so that's how do you present opportunities back to your chief exec, to your finance director, commercial directors to allow them to go and work, oh my goodness, I can go and do this or I can go and do that differently. So rather than being in that subservient, do what you're asked, yes. it, it's actually come stepping forward as a leader and lead, educate, coach, mentor your peers and colleagues on the executive team on the opportunities because it's different and it's changing. And you know what? We don't know everything yet, um, but there are opportunities out there. So, Minori, would you say you have a contrasting situation in your organization because it is pharma's heavily regulated? Yes, it has to have innovation built into the very DNA because that's how you survive. But then the space at which we are expecting things to change and also you to innovate, are you are you going at 100 miles an hour or you've chosen to go at 20? You know, um, we we need to we need to make a balance. This is a very um, um, difficult discussion that we are having, you know, with the CEO and, the, and all the other C-suites, because um, the stress that uh, the companies like us are getting from the environment change, like pandemic, or pan- pandemic is just you know one example of a big change in the environment. The stress we are having is massive. Okay, so. When the environment is stable, yes, we can we can go for our very aggressive transformation programs, you know, with the, you know, solid um, um, investment planning, and then um, you know, in a steady way, we can probably transform. But in the the turmoil that we are having right now, um, it's very important for us as a pharmaceutical company, part of the healthcare ecosystem, we need to keep providing our solutions to the market. You know, the patients and normal people, general public, they are waiting for medical treatments and medicines, right? So we cannot actually stop our services. That's actually our social, you know, Monday responsibility. Uh, And then while we are maintaining those business continuity, we still need to um, make room, like Stuart said, uh, to um, uh, create a room for us to innovate to, to move to the next step, because um, it, it became obvious, um, um, particularly during this pandemic, that um, the industry structure, the, the, the people's behavior also changed dramatically. You know, people didn't go to the clinics as they, as they did before. And then uh, also the pharmaceutical companies, uh, sales representative, medical representative, could not meet with the healthcare professionals as they were doing before. So. And also, you know, we are heavily depending on many of the physical, you know, um, um, interactions in our value chain, like uh, research and development activities also required a lot of, um, um, you know, the physical uh, presence of the people at one place or clinical trials or even manufacturing uh, sites requires, you know, physical environment. And all these had to change dramatically to keep our business uh, going. But we understand the stress that we are having, so we need to innovate. So uh, important thing for the company is to to make the balance without um, um, breaking the existing uh, services. So we we keep the business continuity, but create enough room to be able to um, transform to the next model. And so this balance is uh, one of the important um, 
uh, agenda for the CEO and then CIO definitely need to need to support it. That's what I am I'm trying to do even today. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages and discuss about in all of this that we've discussed so far in the first segment, like the CEO is trying to go full throttle, as uh, Stuart mentioned, and and Minori is also recurring, you know, giving his insights from the pharma background. But where does IT come into play? Yes, they're playing an important role, but are they going uh, shoulder to shoulder with the CEO? Are they coming behind them or in a way they are leading them? What is the role? And in playing that role, what are the challenges that the CIOs are facing? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Stuart, uh, when I come to you and, and, and you, you look at yourself in this whole journey of last six months to one year, and, and, and CEO may be pivoting, CEO may be bringing you inside to uh, discuss what they want to do. Do they ask you, what do you think? Or do they say, do this for me? Or they say, you know what, let's work together. What's the level of collaboration and or who's driving or who's leading who? It's a good question. And different companies operate very different styles. And it's, some of it's down to the chemistry between yourself and the chief exec. Um, I'm, I'm lucky, my chief exec, he, he gets technology. We are a technology founded company that's been part of our DNA. So, um, so part of my role is talking to him about opportunities, about what we are doing, um, about how we could change, how we can adapt so that that allows him as well to go and think through and with the commercial teams and financing, what, what's the opportunities? So it's a circular debate, it's a discussion, it's opening up opportunities, it's learning. So as we roll out one product, well, actually we can do that slightly differently, we can grow to this. Under, and so there is no, I guess, one hard way of doing something. Sometimes it's that we've got to go and do this get on and do it. Other times it's a more longer term debate, discussion. When uh, at the moment I'm doing a lot of replatforming our whole commercial uh, technology stack from the bookings website right down through, down through the uh, inventory seating uh, and the booking engine. That takes a lot of debate, discussion and a lot of strategy to make sure are we going down the right route? Are we are we building something that the that the business needs? How are the business going to change? Because to go and run and utilize and exploit that technology, it's new ways of working. So part of my role as well is coaching and working with 
my peers on organizational change, organizational design, mindset, culture shift. Um, I run the organizational change department team in from within IT because we facilitate and we are the catalyst for a lot of change. Uh, when you get into the more agile world. Um, and so you're changing the company mindset and the company culture as well as the products and technology because that's the only way you make the money. There's no point putting in new platforms, new technologies if you don't take the people and build the organization to be able to use that technology. So it's a, it's a really circular, uh, virtuous circle, hopefully, where you build something, it's a bit of success, you you build on top of that and you keep building. And that's what I mean about these flexible platforms. You, know, you don't put something in, design it and let it sit there for years. You're constantly adapting and changing both your tech, your people and what you're offering to the customer. Uh-huh. So you, you said that uh, your company is uh, uh, by nature technology you know, oriented company in, in your, in your yeah. DNA, right? That, that's that's yeah. a, a great to hear. And uh, unlike the CIOs of uh, technology companies like yours, you know, usually C- C- CEOs of uh, non-tech companies uh, like uh, pharma or healthcare industry usually are not technology savvy, technology oriented CEOs. Yeah. So this is, that's normal. And my CEO is happen, happen, he happened to be um, actually exceptional. He understands uh, digital or uh, technologies quite well, but just assuming that mostly you know CEOs don't understand uh, those technologies. And then, but we still need to help the CEOs to uh, be able to communicate with the the senior level, uh, even the board 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 levels. You know, the relationship with the, the board and the CEO. That's something that we probably need to support, right? And then um, yeah. this is a, a kind of you know a discussion and uh, that I'm also having with my peers, and also I'm, I'm actually trying to um, think how better support CEO CEO's role with the board, for example, so that yeah. you know we can actually talk about the company's agenda together. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that, and I think part of the interesting challenge is most CEOs now they know they need to be digital or need to they may not fully understand it or articulate uh, what they want and even uh, like my CEO who, who gets it you still need I mean the world is shifting so much you still need that dialogue and debate discussion to uh, what's the latest? What's going on? What's the opportunities? Um, and matching that with what they see in the market side, from a customer side, what do they see and how do they want to go? And so we, we as CIOs, we play a role that I think is uh, educational, it's delivery, it's facilitating. Um, and so it's a multifaceted and I think fascinating, right? It's a great time to be a CIO. I, I love this, uh, mm-hmm. this world because we're in the middle of it and companies and uh, pretty much every company, whether it's a traditional old company, a um, tech-driven company or a tech star, we are, they all need digital. The whole engagement with the customer, design, whatever it is, is digital. And we have a role to step forward and be a leader. And the 20 years ago where the debate, does IT matter? Um, that's when we were a service organization and a service, and that's you, you ran an ERP and payroll and finance, and that was it. That's gone um, because the role is very different now. 
and uh, and that's where we as a generation of CIOs um, really need to step up and uh, take and grasp the opportunity and grasp that leadership role. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree. The, the role of the CIOs are very different huh, from um, some decades ago, definitely. And then whether it's a tech-oriented company or not, the importance of IT or the potential of the power of IT or digital are always very big. You know, no matter which which industry it is, right? But yes, um, it's not always probably understood which part of the business are better potentially supported by IT or digital. You know, in a holistic way, by the board. That that part could be very difficult, right? Still, so it's really our, you know, your responsibility, my responsibility, probably to help the CEO to have that better communication so that. That potential could be really leveraged uh, using us you know, as, as a tool yes. for the company. So, yes. for the listeners, both of you, the, the, like, you know, both of you feel like seems like they are, you're lucky that you got this, the, the CEOs who understand technology or perhaps they appreciate. So, your job becomes easier. But I'm sure there are a bunch of listeners out there, they say, my God, it is a, a challenge to explain the concepts of how we can transform the organization using digital to the upper management or the CEO. So in that case, what would be your advice to such CIOs? What should they do in this this current uh, situation we are in where the CEO wants to do it, but they are not there yet in terms of being able to understand, but at the same time, you cannot become CEO replacing that individual and help them define the strategy. What, what should BCIOs doing who do not have already a fully cooked CEO, if you will, from a digital perspective? I think the, the, the first thing you do is you find allies. You know, what, whoever, um, just, it doesn't have to be the CEO who makes the decisions. If you go to, and the, there's also this thing, I have a, an, an issue with going with a digital strategy or an, an IT strategy. It's not. What you should, you'd be going with a commercial Chief Commercial Officer with, right, how are we going to in customer engagement strategy? It's not, a, it's not a web strategy or a mobile strategy. It's a customer engagement strategy with the commercial team. Or it's uh, a, how are you going to automate and apply AI to your manufacturing or your R&D operations? We, you were still there as an enabler. So if you find allies around the board, um, and you go with them as part of it. I mean, one of my, at the moment, I'm working with my chief commercial uh, officer beside me um, who to on organizational change. And we are piloting that within the organization. Then we'll roll it out. We've not asked permission. I've not gone to the CEO and said, can I please go and do this? We are doing it and we're telling them what we have done. And so it's, you have to find ways of, um, taking that message. And if you go alone, you'll fail. Yeah, you need allies, you need colleagues. And actually, because we are there to enable different parts of the business to be successful. So, Minori, when you look at uh, this whole aspect of IT, and, and, and it looks, look at the different aspects of the business for that matter and see IT leaders and their crew where to help. Let's take consumer behavior. So, that's an area where, of course, analytics has come in. A lot of different things are coming. But now, 
how do you almost predict consumer behavior? Because if even if that's changing and then you're saying, I'm going to help CEO figure out how to best position or package their services and the, the experience that they offer, almost predicting the consumer behavior. So what, what are you doing in that regard? How can IT help and how can you guys help almost dream up a consumer behavior uh, or predict consumer behavior, which will then drive what support systems and experiences that you're going to offer them? Right. Actually, that's a very uh, interesting topic. Um, I recently had a discussion with some other pharma company uh, CIOs um, uh, about um, uh, this consumer behavior uh, topic. And then when we talk about um, um, to, to predict or analyze consumer behavior, et cetera, we just you know, talk about, you know, okay, let's collect data better and then analyze right away. But uh, what, uh, what I discussed with other pharma CIOs recently was a very interesting. In the case of pharmaceutical industries, you know, do we really understand who our, who our customers are? In the traditional pharma companies' um, business model, particularly uh, who are producing uh, the prescribed medicines like, like us, you know, our direct interaction in the market are usually with the um, the doctors, healthcare professionals, or the clinics and hospitals. But our ultimate customers are supposed to be patients or general public, you know, who are sometimes even not aware of their their disease. So then raising awareness, et cetera, and then preventing those diseases from those diseases or um, um, taking care of their um, you know, patient journey, that should be our um, business model. However, because of the industry structure, we often interact with only with the doctors or the clinics, and then the patients behind those layers are not necessarily directly visible. So um, for that, um, just collecting the existing data um, in our, our traditional uh, business models, uh, you know, from the, um, the healthcare professional uh, touch points, are not enough. So that's why you know that many of the uh, pharmaceutical or healthcare healthcare uh, industry companies are changing their touch point with the uh, with the with the market, with the with the society. Uh, for us to, to allow us to see the situation actually better in, in a more holistic way. And then that way, uh, actually, we can have a better insight to improve the, the, the life cycle of our services. So that's actually a an, an, an very um, challenging uh, journey, but uh, it's, it's an essential um, uh, element that we need to consider. So Stuart, bringing this same question to your context, that would be even more important for you to be able to, if you had a crystal ball, that's something very interesting here, right? We're trying to figure out a consumer behavior of the near or distant future so you can plan for it so your experience is aligned with it. Are you finding a crystal ball or are you doing something different to, to be um, able to do it? It's, uh, it's a good question. And I mean, we are unusual and lucky in the aviation industry and about 70% of our customers book directly with us so we know who they are and have a direct relationship. Um, most airlines that's about 20 to 30% because people book through travel agents and the, the consolidators. So we, we have and we've got 100 million passengers a year so we get close contact with a large population of uh, customers. 
but their behaviour has changed. Um, when you look coming out of the pandemic, the booking patterns, which for years have been hugely, very consistent uh, and highly predictable, all the machine learning models, which done pricing and yield management, they've all gone. So we've had to adapt our models to a complete and be more adaptable um, and start applying the AI to it to be a, a more focused view. So I think there's some behaviors which are here and now, which we are seeing, which we are adapting to today and have been for the last year as that, uh, as that changes. When you look at the longer term, this is where we, our commercial um, teams are constantly talking to consumers, looking at external trends, what's happening in financial services, what's happening in retail. We are an extension and sometimes leader of some of those trends. And being at that front end, particularly the, uh, the, the size and influence that we have in, in Europe is significant. We're the second largest airline in Europe. Um, and when you're impacting 100 million journeys, uh, a, a year, um, it's, it's A, you get a lot of insight and you get a lot of feedback and you can talk to a lot of people about where they're going, but you look around and what, what's next? And that's a constant discussion debate. Um, and we try things. You have to go and experiment. Um, we'll do A-B testing on the website and on the mo mobile app almost every day. Um, some other companies are doing it 10 times a day, you can, but you're it's constantly learning. And that's that innovation. You go and test, you try it, you see what, and you measure it. So you're not throwing away lots of money. You're throwing it small increments and you're changing and you're evolving and you're sometimes nudging consumer behavior in a certain direction to suit yourself. And that's the, the beauty of it, kind of when you have the level of engagement that we do, you can do an element of that, you can influence where people go and how people behave. Uh, but that's quite, that's unusual. Um, but when you have the ability, boy, do you have to really take that opportunity. You know, if you have that, you have to go for it. And uh, that's one of the things we're building up. We haven't been, I would say we haven't been that great at it in the past. We've done some things really, really well. Other things we've been kind of fast followers. As we step into this, how do you become a, a leader? And how do you use your expertise, your knowledge, your insight, uh, the teams that we have internally and their partners, how do you use that ecosystem to really drive a great customer experience and a great ROI ultimately at the end of the day as well? Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Minori, when we come back, let's talk about the employee side. Because you know what? You, you could be sitting in those corner offices uh, are, are dealing with the senior leadership and trying to come up with strategies, but you're only as good as the execution, and that's where the employees who need to be there with you, executing on your strategies, and they are dealing with their own challenges, whether directly with their family, extended family, etc. as we all know, that has happened. How do you keep them motivated on, on this joy ride? I would call it joy ride to give it a positive spin because there are a lot of struggles for all involved. How do you make them, uh, keep them motivated during this uncertainty? And at the same time, when no matter what they do, customers seem to be fickle and or their satisfaction rates are not the greatest. So when they're doing whatever they're doing, it's not really moving the needle in the positive direction. That can also be depressing. So what is the leadership doing 
working alongside the employees to make sure they are at the top of their game as they're touching the customers. Because even though when we settle down by that time, it would be a lot of damage already done if we don't take care of our customers today, no matter how their consumer, the behaviors are changing and how fickle they are. So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Minori, talk about customer service satisfaction rates. They're dwindling. Employees' motivation, not the greatest because of uncertainty. And we have to take an empathetic view, but business must go on as well. What is IT able to do working alongside your peers to address this situation so that we keep our customers happy while we are going through it and employees motivated so they don't exit? Right. That's, a, that's an important topic. Employee engagement is essentially one of the key topics where I'm also putting some emphasis on. While dramatic changes in the external environment happening, um, such as pandemic or structural structure changes in our industries. Um, we actually um, still need to go on with the, with, the, with the business. But just talking about future business growth coming after the tough situation where many companies are, um, are struggling at the moment, that story doesn't sell. It, it's not enough to keep employee motivated. So while transforming the company at a larger scale to survive and grow in the future, some tangible change in the way that employees can engage in new business models or even um, directly um, uh, affecting their way of working is very important. So um, uh, that kind of tangible positive change will fundamentally change the basic capability of the company, I believe. So one of the programs that um, um, I'm I'm working on right now is a digital workplace program uh, throughout the company, which where we are promoting um, the new way of working, uh, taking advantage of the the new tools and uh, uh, processes uh, more online than before, not only for the office workers, but on any any part of the the value chain uh, related functions in the company. This way, um, employees will start to see the change, positive change in their work environment, while they are also involved in a bigger midterm change of the company. So as as a a CIO or any uh, company leaders, we need to make sure that we'll ensure something tangible 
around employees are happening and visible, so that they will be uh, they will be with us. I believe. Now, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, as I was going to say, I, I absolutely agree. That keeping the your workforce engaged, motivated, seeing them, giving them modern tools, so they have a sense of pride in and sense that we are looking after them. Actually, it's important and it's really important that, I mean, even within IT, you know, they want to work in modern technologies, but people across the organization want to be, when they go to the pub or go to the bar or out for dinner, is that actually that they have a decent phone, they have decent tool sets, they're working on modern environments. Um, I mean, we've given... Uh, I now have about 9,000 iPads um, because all of our crew, pilots, they all work on iPads. And so the level of engagement has opened up significantly. They now run their, the pilots now run the, their flying operation on their iPads. The crew managers are running their the, the flight deck, the, 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 the operation off their iPads. And it gives them a real sense of, uh, uh, I guess, motivation, pride, engagement, because we're looking after them. We're helping them to do their job. And we can talk to them much easier. Um, right. And they've got, we've got rid of paper. Just get rid of paper. Mm -hmm. That is a, one of the biggest motivators for staff across any organization is get rid of paper. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, I, it works brilliantly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And then, um, you know, um, those factors would definitely um, satisfy employees, right? So yeah. employee engagement, um, however, uh, should not stop at the uh, employee satisfaction, right? Eventually, employee engagement should contribute to the business, you know, for um, um, in a sustainable way. Yeah. For that, we still need to uh, make sure that our company's future growth or their potential contribution, their roles in the future, need to be fully understood. While we are talking about the, the current immediate um, um, you know, employee satisfaction, so that part is in hybrid activities that uh, leaders also need to do, right? So that part is very challenging. So when we have some storylines behind our future business or about future growth, um, we should actually um, uh, talk about those future growth uh, of the business in a more understandable way for all the employees. Like uh, in our case, pharmaceutical companies, our future storyline could be around real people's life you know, on the ground. If uh, their life and quality of life could increase thanks to our new um, uh, business solutions that we are now working on. And then if that storyline is very con convincing, then um, employees would also buy that concept and then uh, find their purpose of participation in those programs, right? So uh, I think uh, short-term and long-term um, um, combination of the initiatives would be uh, an important, and that's definitely the, the leader's responsibility, certainly. So see, this is great response from both of you about the employees. Now, that's also one more thing that's going for us is that these employees are in a way reporting to us. We have an influence on them, and, and we do have influence on other external parties also, but not as much. So when you talk about, say, supply chain, the value chain partners, or even labor shortages, which you are getting from outside. All of those are also constraints and or they are becoming the challenges, which are at least we have not seen supply chain disruption that has happened truly being solved yet. It, it's going to get uglier. That's what people say before it's going to get better. So what 
are the technology leaders doing, working with those peers who are handling partners and or handling the supply chain to make sure that the business, while it had had hiccups, but it comes back humming because you can say, you know, goodbye to the innovation stuff when your regular business isn't running and that CEO would not like that they are most progressive and getting all digital, but the core business is having issues. So Stuart, what is that? I would not say a balance, but how are you going and, and tackling this? And these are not easy problems to solve, so especially when they are, you don't own them, you don't, uh, they have their own challenges, their companies could be going down, whatever. How are you keeping your business humming before you can talk about innovation? Um, it's a good question. It's a good challenge for everybody coming out of the pandemic, and particularly uh, here in, across the whole of Europe, there are shortages of people. Uh, not just in the tech industry, but getting uh, across the airports. We, there's so much across the industry um, downsizing in the pandemic, building back up security officers at airports or uh, air traffic control, um, which are highly trained and skilled. You, you don't just suddenly turn those people back on. Um, they have to, it takes time. And we are, we're facing those shortages. So part of the, the, the role that we play is there's a number of things. There's a short term, which is how do we design out as much as possible ways to start, make life as easy as possible? Because if you put grit into the system and make people's lives difficult, they'll choose to go elsewhere. Yeah, and that's because, because they can. And there's wage inflation and stuff going on. So you have to make sure your systems, your processes, your the way you engage, they have, they have to feel part of the company. I mean, we are a people, uh, we are a service organization handling uh, our passengers. So the ground handling crews in the different airports, they have to feel part of being EasyJet. They may work for a ground handling company. They have to be part of our brand, part of our image. And there's a lot of communication, a lot of engagement to make them feel like that. So they give the experience that we want our passengers to have. So there's technology elements to it. There's people engagement, communication, and that's much more of that softer element of it. And longer term is about automation. How do you automate out a lot of these high volume people uh, issues. And it's things like digital identities. Um, in my previous role, we actually uh, moved, uh, transported people, uh, passengers from London to Washington DC on a purely digital passport. And that was accepted by the two governments of the UK and the US. That was groundbreaking. It was about to be expanded until the pandemic hit. So we, we, as an industry, now need to really push that. Digital identity in the financial services world is growing big time and becoming really adopted really widely in a lot of countries. How do we bring that in to uh, the, the, the travel industry? Because that takes out a lot of border controls, a lot of security controls. There's new technologies out there to make life easier. So I think there is... Short term, there is long term, some really big opportunities to streamline this industry and take a lot of cost out over the uh, the coming years. Uh, and it's going to take a number of years. These are big things and change. Um, but um, we have to step into that and really start pushing and influencing because the tech all exists. This is now about governments, regulators and the industry um, wanting to step into this and really grasp the opportunities. 
So uh, Minori Stewart has an interesting business, which is why they have a lot of different moving parts, and, and, and that causes these disruptions to be debilitating for the business. In pharma, we specifically know that there are supply chain uh, is there, but w what would you say is a different flavor of challenges or labor shortage related challenges? How is, how in what all ways is that um, impacting you? I would not say hurting you or benefiting you. How is it impacting and what are you doing to fix that? You know, um, pharma is definitely different from the airline industries, but um, pharma also has um, a variety of um, uh, supply chain partners. And not only in the supply chain, but also um, uh, research and de development uh, phase, uh, we have uh, different uh, partner companies around. And when it comes to the uh, the market access and then sales and commercial, uh, we also uh, need to deal with uh, a lot of different um, countries, uh, you know, regulators and so on. So um, we we have a big challenge here because when there's a an issue and then that affects our business, you know, um, sometimes we try to deal with that particular um, um, problems with our supply chain partner and then um, try to resolve it, but our interest could be different, right? But important thing is that we both have belong to the same uh, healthcare ecosystem and we have the common purpose, common purpose even if it's a, a manufacturing uh, partners or supply chain logistic partners, we have a common purpose to serve for um, um, the people, people's um, uh, healthy uh, quality of life. And then um, that, that kind of you know, common understanding uh, between the companies will help us to tackle short-term issues, but also to um, build a better trustful relationship to prevent such uh, disruptions in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that uh, that kind of approach is very important to, to be sustainable, to, to manage uh, so, so big um, 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 supply chain ecosystem that we have. Okay, my last question for both of you, because you know, a lot is being asked of a CIO. Go ahead, do this, do that, show us the you know, magic and, and, and pull some great magic to get all the, the great things that we can do and support the CEO. But what should you, what, what is to be offered to you? What help should you get as leaders, as CIOs and IT leaders, so that you can help the business? Stuart, start with you. Um, I think part of uh, what we, what we need, when I look around many of my peers and colleagues, I think there's a, uh, uh, the, the, because I, the role of the CIO has changed so much, which we've talked about over the last few, few years, growing up just doing IT is no longer sufficient. You need to understand the wider business and spend time. So my, I, I, was, I spend quite a bit of time coaching the next generation for uh, the next generation of CIOs coming through. My advice is always go and work in another function for a couple of years and get some breadth of experience. Our role now is no longer managing technology. Our role is about managing, uh, I guess, it, the, the business technology. And it's a very different world. You have to be able to, you have to be much broader. And I think, so the, 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 we have to help ourselves and we have to help the next generation coming through behind us to be broader and have a much broader perspective than we, where we were pushed a few years ago. So go and do some education, go and get experiences. And another bit, I think, is 
for the CIOs being clear on what they want. They think it's digital, so it's IT, go and get on with it. And so I think there's a piece that we need from the CEOs for them to be clearer on what they expect and where does the accountability lie, where does the ownership lie for some of this. And just putting it all onto the CIO is no longer sufficient. Um, it needs every one of the executive team to be digital and to own that digital agenda. And we can help facilitate and coach and lead that, but it needs that broad ownership and accountability to come with us. We can't do it on our own. This is not a one, a, a one function gig that we're on. This is a whole business mindset that, uh, that we're now working in. Minori? Yep. Um, IT leader's role um, will not be staying um, uh, necessarily in the explicitly um, requested, you know, the IT contribution to the business. We actually need to think about what the CEO and other executives are dealing with day to day. For example, some areas like, uh, okay, company brand, uh, issues, you know, if we are receiving some some pressures uh, around that and from from the board or from the outside of the company, CIO and IT leader, leaders definitely need to think about what 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 we could do actually to boost that that agenda. And some other interesting domain could be um, DNI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, um, strong business case to promote DNI were are there at the moment, but. Um, in general, um, um, there is a very slow implementation, right, in, in every industry. And uh, we need to think what the CIO and the digital IT um, department could do, etc. You know, those um, um, typical CEO agenda, which may not be explicitly considered as um, CIO agenda, um, there are many, many things like that, and we need to pick up, and then um, um, we need to join the executive discussions on those things and very proactively. That's that's what I think. Once again, thank you so much, uh, Stuart and Minori, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how we could support CEO's agenda as a CIO. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was a great discussion, Stuart and Sanjok. Uh, hope to see you again soon. Beautiful. Thanks so much, both of you again. So listeners, please connect with us on social media, subscribe to our podcast once again. Thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog Gold, signing off. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>